Hey, this is Taylor and welcome back to another message from Elevate Retake. This week's speaker is Pastor Buster Swoops and the title of his sermon is The Integrated Gospel. A key text we will be taking a look at is found in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 through 18 and it reads, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Your engaged question is, what does it mean to live out the gospel in a practical way? Good morning, everyone. God is good, and all the time, I, you know, I would like to see a smile now, right? That, that, helped, that eased my nerves a little bit, everyone smile. By the way, those who do not know me, my name is Pastor Buster Swoops Jr. I'm an assistant professor of religion here at Southwestern Adventist University, and I'm also a, a huge fan of Elevate. Uh, Pastor Michael called me and asked me to speak here a couple of weeks ago, and I said I'll, I'll be glad to, to fill in. He is actually speaking for the young adult camp at Lake Whitney Ranch right now. And everyone, praise the Lord, there are two rebaptisms that are happening. I think they're happening later today. And I'm like, that, that is Pastor Michael indeed. So this morning, uh, I actually went on a walk and I listened to the entire book of 1 Thessalonians. And I listened all the way from chapter one to chapter five. And I went back and I was listening to some of Pastor Michael's messages and some others. And I realized something in all of this. Jesus Christ is coming back soon, amen? And then I realized something else, that there's something more that he wants from us, and it got me to, to start thinking, the, the wheels start turning, and I'd like to start off with just, just three questions this, this sermon. The first question is this, have you ever been swindled? Have you ever been duped? Have you ever been tricked? Has anyone here ever been tricked? Raise your hand if you have, right? Uh, has anyone ever heard of a website called wish.com? All right, so you're laughing at me already because you already know what's coming, right? Uh, if, this is about probably like five or six years ago. I, I haven't seen all the memes yet. If you look on, uh, say, wish.com memes, you'll find out that people expected something and they got something else, right? They got swindled, they got duped. Well, I, I, I saw this really cool workout shirt and I said, man, let me order this. My son was an infant at the time and when I got it, you know, I, I ordered extra large and when it came in, it was extra medium. So it was it's large enough, right? It, it was large enough to fit my son, and I put it on, and I was like this, and my wife's like, if you walk out of this house like that, I said, yes, ma'am. Took her off right away, right? Okay, I didn't make that mistake. And then they got me twice, but you'll probably understand the second time they got me, all right? This is when we were running low on white gold. You want to understand what white gold is? Toilet paper, right? All right, so when the pandemic first hit, I think it was March 2020, everything started shutting down and we're running out of toilet paper. Funny story on this. Uh, I, the week before, all, weeks before all this already happened, uh, we went to uh, and bought a large case, so we were actually good to go, but I want to be extra good to go. We were so good to go, as a matter of fact, that we paid our babysitter in toilet paper, right? It was amazing. I was like, this, uh, she wasn't going to charge us anyways, but we were able to help her out. She helped us out, right? But then I looked on Wish.com, and I realized I could order an entire case for just $15. It would take eight weeks to get there, and it is now July 2021, and it is still not here, right? So <laughs> I got tricked again, all right? I, I, I refuse to buy anything else on there. And then I start thinking more about this. The reason why I share this with you is, does the church sometimes trick people or deceive people or swindle people? 
really good friend of mine. I went to theology uh, with him in, uh, at Southwestern, as a matter of fact. Pastor Pedro, who is also now a medical doctor, he, from the beginning, he wanted to do both. He realized that the gospel or the medical missionary is the, the right arm of the gospel. And so he wants to be a medical doctor and also want to have theological training. But he, he told us a testimony in our homiletics class and shared that when he w- went through Bible studies, he realized that something was happening and he thought he was going to receive an entire family community when he was baptized, but he said the first month after his baptism was the loneliest time he's ever had in his life. You see, before, previously, he was Catholic, and his family had all but disowned him, saying that you can no longer be a part of us, and so then he looked to his church family, and the church family, he realized, was about coming and attending church, but they weren't actually the support that he was looking for. You know, the Apostle Paul speaks to this. If you return with me in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting at verse 12. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting at verse 12. We're going to look a little bit more at this and seeing how the Apostle Paul is telling us to prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ. How does he tell us to do this? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. It says this. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Now, I'm going to stop here just for a second. Recognize those who labor, uh, who labor among you, right? So, matter of fact, honor those who are working in your midst that are working towards the gospel call, right? Why? He goes on and says, and who labor among you and are over you. This over you is is a little bit slighted, twisted. It's, this doesn't mean that, that they're over you. It means that they're leading you, they're guiding you, and the Lord, and admonish you. Uh, admonish might seem like something that's, that's mean or, or, or it sounds like no one wants to sit in a corner and be admonished, right? But this is actually, once again, someone who's leading you and guiding you. Now, the reason why he shared this is because if you read, I believe it's in chapter 4, there's a young man by the name of Timothy, and And when the Apostle Paul writes a letter, uh, two letters, as a matter of fact, to Timothy, he's telling him, I understand you're having a hard time because the people that you are over, the people that you're watching, they're telling you that they're despising you because you're young. This hits a little little close to home. Uh, There's been two pastors I know that have graduated from Southwestern within the last year that have been denied because the church says, you're too young to lead us. You know, it breaks my heart because... These are very mature young men and young women that are ready to lead, but how can you ever gain experience unless you're given a chance? And so the Apostle Paul is saying, those who are over you, it doesn't matter their age, it doesn't matter their gender, those who God has called to be over you, work with them. And look look at here, verse 13, and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. You see here, what the Apostle Paul is setting up here is how the church is supposed to look. This is what the church is supposed to look like, a place where we respect our leaders, but it doesn't stop there. Look at verse 14. Now, turning away from our leaders, let's go to you. Now we exhort you. Once again, this sounds like something like, I exhort you. Like, how dare you? No, no. This means I encourage you. I, I, I'm, I'm, urgingly, I'm, I'm, I'm urging you. Brethren, warn those who are unruly. And what's very interesting here is this, this word for warn is the same word for admonish in verse 12, right? So you're leading those who are unruly. How are you doing this? By comforting the faint-hearted, upholding the weak, 
be patient with all. Hey, is anyone else here like yearning for this church? Where is this church at? I'm looking for it, right? It doesn't stop there. See that no one returns, verse 15, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. And this gets into our scripture reader, scripture reading. I don't want to thank Daniel so much for reading for us. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Verse 22 there. You know, as I was going through this, I'm like, this all sounds so good, and yet I can tell you almost on all of these ways that I have failed and failed and failed and failed again, right? Uh, going back to verse 16 there, rejoice always. I can tell you right now, I do not always rejoice. I try to, right? That sometimes I, I, I actually give in to complaining. Sometimes I'm not always happy. Sometimes I, I join in with the, with the scoffers, right? Uh, pray without ceasing. Listen here, did you realize this? That the average Christian prays less than three minutes a day. And listen, I would love to throw a rock and say, those other Christians, we're better. But the average pastor prays less than seven minutes a day. And as my professor, Joseph Kidder, who actually did research on this and actually did some of the surveying himself, he says, this includes that prayer that you had over your Pop-Tart that morning, right? This is not good enough. And yet the Apostle Paul is telling us to pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, over the, over the midst of the pandemic, I, I don't know about you, but I've heard a lot of complaining. Has anyone else ever heard a lot of complaining? Has anyone else joined in the complaining? Because I've been a part of that. And I, and I realized something, that oftentimes we like to point the finger and say, I wish they would do this and I wish they would do that. But I, I, I asked you these two questions. Have you ever been swindled? Have you ever been duped? Has the church ever swindled or duped you that you know of, Right? How many people do we know that say, this is what I was expecting? David Trim has came up with a statistic and said that eight out of 10 people that joined the Seventh-day Adventist church are gone within the first year. These are actual statistics that he's looking at, meaning that we're baptizing them and then something's happening where they're saying, this is what I'm expecting. I'm coming in and I'm not seeing what I was taught, that I'm not experiencing the, the warmth and the, and, the, and, the, and the comfort that I was supposed to be receiving. Why? Because I believe we're not living out what the apostles telling us to do, which is actually what God is calling us to do, right? So some people feel like the church has tricked them or, or duped them, right? But my last question is this. Have you duped the church? Have you duped the world? See, oftentimes the things that we're expecting the church to do is the very thing that the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. You realize that? Okay, so, so, so listen to this. Sometimes we're saying, God, I want the church to be more loving. And Jesus is telling you, then be more loving. <laughs> the church is not the people that you're looking around and seeing. The church is all of us, you and I together. So if the church is not doing it, it means that you are called to start leading out and doing it. I don't believe that we invite each other in over our houses enough. Start inviting people over your house. <laughs> I don't believe that we're praying enough. Start praying, inviting people to pray. Do you understand what I'm saying here? This is, not, uh, this is not revolutionary. This is the gospel call to each and every one of us. You know, I, I asked Pastor Pedro, 
uh, who later on, three years after he was baptized, then he went into theology. I said, what kept you in the church? He says, when I called my pastor, and listen here, there's, there's a deeper story behind this with Pastor Pedro. He says, when I called up my pastor and asked him for help, because there were some spiritual things that were happening as, after he was baptized, he says, my pastor says, I don't deal with those types of things, and he left me on my own. And he says, I remember sitting there in the dark, afraid, and I said, I will never allow this to happen to anyone else that I know. Now, I'm going to say something that might offend someone here. Are you ready for this? A lot of us love to complain, but very few of us love to accept responsibility. Do you realize that we are responsible for each other? We are responsible for furthering the gospel call. You and I are not called to come and be bench warmers inside of a church that is lovely, that is beautiful. The, the people inside are called to be more beautiful than the building. We are the body and the feet and the hands, the eyes, the ears of Jesus Christ. And he has called you to a set responsibility for furthering this gospel. How? By rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, and everything giving thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Here, I talked about wish.com, but do you realize there's another website that, that oftentimes delivers exactly what you're calling for? Uh, they just had some prime day deals, right? <laughs> Amazon.com. Listen, every year I say, I'm not going over there. I'm not even going to look, right? Uh, and, and, and eventually my wife and I we sit at our computer together like, yeah, we got to have that. Look, that's, that's too good of a deal to pass up, right? Do you realize that you are the prime day deal that Jesus Christ is asking to be out there? That very, the very life that you live is called to be the brightest, the brightest and broadest brochure that the world can ever see and says, I want what they have. I want Jesus Christ because of how those people over there, they're living. I want a better marriage because the way that I see these husbands treat their wives, because the way I see these wives treat their husbands, because of the peace that these people have, because of the love that they have for one another, that's how I know that they belong to Jesus Christ and I want to belong to him as well. You know, I heard a, a wonderful testimony about this uh, just about three weeks ago. There was a, um, we're, we're actually on vacation with my father-in-law, and my father-in-law is actually from California. And in California right now, they're still not actually meeting in person. They're still, I think the, the sanctions are finally lifted, I think in a week or so from here. No, matter of fact, I think it's August 1st, uh, sanctions are lifted. So they're actually going to be able to sit inside of a sanctuary. He says, it's been a year, Buster, he says, since I've actually set a sanctuary, let's go to church. Listen here, we're, we, had a, we had an Airbnb on the beach. The rest of the family said, yeah, we're going to be out here in the water. We said, well, we're going to church, right? So we went to church, and we get there. And it's a beautiful, beautiful service. It's actually in, in Brazos, uh, uh, Brazos Point. And as we're there, uh, there's actually three baptisms that day. I didn't, know, I didn't know anything about this. The pastor, Pastor Rodney Bishop, had been doing an evangelistic series that was online for the last several weeks. And he had coordinated this with five of his elders, right? So everyone's coming together. They have this evangelistic series going, and three people are baptized. And as they're being baptized, they're sharing their stories as well. And one of them in particular really caught my eye. The church during this time, I believe they did something for the homeless. And in order to make sure that everyone's safe, they hired a security guard. And the security guard comes, and he's, he's there. They're paying him to make sure that, that nothing gets unruly, nothing goes crazy as, as they're there. 
And as he is there, he's watching and observing, and he starts asking questions. He's like, wait a second, where's your church at? Oh, it's over here. And they tell him it's actually a very uh, different uh, address. It's actually on his way, right? Uh, it's on the corner of his way and this way, right? So the church intentionally chose to be on his way. And so he got the address, and he says, okay, I'll be there on Sunday. They're like, whoa, whoa, we actually worship on, this, on, on Sabbath. And he started asking questions, what is Sabbath? And then he starts sharing his testimony. I'm seeing this in real time as he's being baptized. And he said, I realized that this church was different, that what they taught was different, and I wanted to be a part of them. And then when I went through the Advanced Six series, all my questions were answered, and I decided to join this church. Do you realize something that happened there, which is something that should be happening all of our lives? I don't know where it is that you work. I don't know where it is that you attend school. I don't know where it is that, that you, you live, but God does. And he's saying no matter where you're going, no matter what you're doing, the world is looking at you. And as they're looking at you, you should be a billboard for Jesus Christ. You should be a billboard for the church. And we as the church, as we're coming together, we take responsibility for integrating the gospel in our lives. How do we do that? I can't tell you how to do that, but I do know that the Word of God tells you how to do that. That in your relationship with Jesus Christ, each and every day, each and every morning that you wake up, we are called to say, Jesus Christ, my life does not belong to me, it belongs to you. Help me to begin to do what it is you called me to do. I'd like to leave you with this. Uh, it's a line from another one of my, my mentors, professors, Peter Swanson. I'll never forget it. He says, oftentimes the things that we're looking for are the things that Jesus Christ has put in our hearts to start. He says, so remember this line, Lord, if it is to be, let it begin with me. Lord, if it is to be, let it begin with me. Lord, help me to lift up my, my fellow brothers and sisters that are, that are over me, that are leading me, that are laboring among me. Help me to esteem them highly. Oh, Lord, help me to, to encourage others those who are unruly. Lord, help me to comfort the faint-hearted. Help me to uphold the weak, to be patient with all. Lord, help me to render, not render evil for evil, but Lord, help me to pursue what is good, both for myself and for others. Lord, help me to live out the gospel message in my own life. Help me, Lord, to take responsibility. Help me, Lord, to be the gospel that you've called me to be. By the way, my definition of the gospel might be just a little bit different, but it's this. Through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, all can be saved. Isn't that good news? Through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, all can be saved. And we're here to tell the world, you too can be saved, not just by sitting in these pews, but by joining us in the gospel call of Jesus Christ by being that, that, that billboard to the security guards, to the teachers, to the other people that are living in this world that are looking at us, that are looking for more, and we can say we have more because we have Jesus Christ. Not only I, we have Jesus Christ. Have you truly been living out the gospel? Have you truly been that billboard to tell the world that they too can be saved? Or have you been simply an attender at the Elevate Worship Service. I know Pastor Michael, and I know that he is calling us that there's always room for one more, 
but there's always more for us to do that Jesus Christ is calling us to do. And I'm praying that we all accept this call from the, from the gospel call that the Holy Spirit is placing on our hearts. Lord God, I accept responsibility to live out the gospel as you've called me to do. Let's pray. Lord God, maybe there's someone here who's heard this message and Lord, they realize that as you're pulling in their heartstrings, it is time for us to live out this message Lord, help us to be the gospel billboard that you've called us to be. Lord, help us to integrate the gospel into our own lives, recognizing that, Lord, we're not here to complain, but, Lord God, we are here to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, if no one else is doing it, Lord, help us to do it. Help me to do it, because, God, this is what you've called us to do. Lord God, we accept the responsibility of the gospel call. And, Lord, as we move forward, may we move forward in love, May we move forward in the love of the power of Jesus Christ himself. This we pray and we ask in that wonderful name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you for that amazing message, Pastor Swoops, on how we can live out the gospel in a practical way, and especially in today's society. What a blessing. And thank you for listening to Elevate Retake. Without you, we literally wouldn't be here. And please tune in later this week where Emily and Carlina get to sit down with Pastor Swoops and really do a deep dive into his sermon and kind of pick apart some pieces and have some fun with that. So tune in later this week to catch another episode of Elevate Retake. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you later.